game stretch. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Anya and this is... Rishi! This is game stretch. Stretch the game. Today we're going to be talking about Red Dead Redemption, particularly the first and second game. Yeah, although I would try to talk about Revolver, but I'm not sure the graphics are enough for my eyes. <laughs> so, do you want to help start with the summary? Yeah, sure. I'll try and keep it concise. Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2 are stories of redemptions of two different protagonists. Red Dead Redemption 1 focuses on John Marston, and Red Dead Redemption 2 focuses on Arthur Morgan, both who are part of the Vanderlyn gang, which was a gang uh, that you know had a lot of uh, history of robbing, thieving, having big heists. Uh, they were The setting of the game was in the early 1900s, um, and the second game was in uh, 1899. It was in the West area. Dutch Vanderlyn was the leader of the gang, and they were kind of like really big figures, especially back then, because they were known to be like very notorious in all of their behavior, and they, you know, were the notorious robbers that people had to look out for. Yeah, that's true. Let's get a little bit more into the characters. So maybe we start with Red Dead Redemption One. Let's. Uh, let, maybe you want to go chronological instead. Because that might be more logical, right? No, I think let's go Let's go with the release okay, of the okay. games. Let's do that. Let's do that. So the first game is about John Marston. He has been separated from his family, and the feds have kept his family away. And they made a deal that you would have to go and kill uh, all your old gang members, the ones who are still around, causing havoc. And that way, once you have killed them, you can rejoin your family and live a peaceful life back on your ranch. And essentially, John Marston was kind of... Like he was, he kind of also sees Dutch as some type of father figure in a way because you know he also he grew up in that like in that gang. He uh, he like he knew that entire gang very well, and like it, it and Dutch really had like a lot of ideals that he had to live that everyone in his gang had to live up to, and because the feds and so many more advanced people were coming to the west, it was kind of threatening his ideals, which is why uh, Dutch was trying to fight more and more for. Uh, his gang's rights and I think that was a big part of the game because we're essentially trying to kill and take away all of his rights which is what brings us towards the main climax of the game. Right? I, th I think that is just one aspect you know you look at the character of Dutch and you see what he's been through he's trying to keep that you know that free American spirit alive inside of him that you know everything is for everyone and he wants to take care of his gang which is his family and his main thing is that he always has a plan he always has something set up so that everybody is always taken care of and you know towards the end of the game when you do confront him as john oh marston gosh, yeah it's a very emotional encounter because it's almost like a son killing his father it's crazy and like the fact that and spoiler alert <laughs> obviously but the fact that he ends up like dutch ends up just throwing himself off the off the edge of the cliff i guess it's just so much more emotional and impactful because you know like maybe something was going through his head that he didn't want his i guess son figure or something to kill him and he wanted to be the one to you know take accountability and take the role of you know killing himself rather than going out that way I yeah mean, yeah that's true and i think also the character of john himself he kind of this is this story is his atonement for what he did with his gang which was caused people a lot of problems. Redemption. Exactly, redemption. And you can see that through each of the story arcs in the game, he's helping people on their farm, he's helping people figure out their business, 
Yeah. He's helping people, you know, even do crazy stuff, like steal from <laughs> graves. But like the, big, the yeah. biggest theme of the game is like how far each of these characters are going to go to redeem themselves and what they actually think redeeming themselves is. And that sometimes could be death. Killing people, death, or killing themselves, like letting themselves die or sacrificing themselves. Absolutely, which, you know, and I mean, I'm not trying to digress into the <laughs> second game, but both of those games have that theme of sacrifice. You know, yeah. sometimes you've gone too far and you need to pay for the things you've done and sometimes that means giving up your life to pay for that. Yeah, and throughout the entire game, uh, John Martin goes to Mexico, right, to, you know, try and catch one of the... Javier one, Escuela. And Bill's, Bill... Something. Bill Williamson. Yeah, Bill Williamson. Uh, and he ends up, you know, creating a lot of ties and connections to the rebellion there, which is another interesting part of the plot. It's not as big of a part of the plot, but it definitely does a lot of character building. And then when he goes back, that's when the main uh, the main stuff happens, because he's killed almost everyone, and after he kills Dutch, then, or I guess Dutch kills himself, then he's able to go back to his to his ranch and you know be with his family for a little while, which is so nice to see because it feels like they finally redeemed him in a way. But you know there's something coming. Exactly, and you know, I don't think there was any way that John Marston could get away from his past, no. even though he, you know, did all he could to atone. At the end, the Fed knew that this guy is dangerous. This guy could turn on us, and we need to take him out. Yeah. And it's so poetic that. Even at the end of the game, when he lets his family and lets his wife and son, you know, get away on a horse, he's at that stable looking through the hole, and he realizes that his life is about to come to an end. So rather than just go out quietly, he opens the door, both barn doors, he sees a group of men all aiming at him, and he starts shooting and firing away, trying to kill as many as he can. Before he dies. Exactly. But he stood tall, it was his choice. He could have gotten away, tried to escape, but he knew that his family would be hunted. So rather than letting that happen, he decided to end it so that his family could live on and be safe. And it's so poetic that even after that, because the <laughs> game carries on oh in his son's shoes, I and his son wants to redeem his dad, because he knows what his dad was standing for. He it's knew that revenge. his dad was... Revenge. Yeah. He knew that his dad you know, did all he could, and... These guys still turned on him. So poetically, he goes and ends the Fed's life. The main guy who was involved. He, he goes. Does he? he does. No, he, I thought he doesn't shoot, though. He does. At he the end, he does. He no, kills them. They have a standoff at the game, at I the river. It was a duel, right? He yeah. didn't kill him. He did, and he flowed down the river. What is my memory right now? <laughs> Wait, what the heck? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, yeah. But like, okay, sorry. I don't know why I was thinking this, but right before. Like oh, sorry, right before he puts the gun back into his, back into his whatever the thing is on the side holster. <laughs> the holster. Um, he looks at it for a second. I think that kind of like that that moment just kind of like summarized or kind of you know made me think of the entire game as a whole because it's like he, he's kind of he feels like he's turning into his father almost, which was the entire game's like point, you know, to redeem his father. So like the fact that he might be going down the same path is kind of heartbreakingly poetic. Yeah, and I hope they carry on his story. But now let's go back to <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2, which oh is gosh. actually <laughs> a game that prequels Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> yeah. which is a story of actually how what happened to the Vanderlyn gang. You know, how did they break apart? 
why did John Marston, you know, how did he become a separate entity, you know, and leave with his family? How did that happen? Essentially, it's killing, 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 illness, killing, 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 illness. <laughs> yeah. And then killing, 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 I'm alive. <laughs> right. Um, let's, let's be a little more specific. So <laughs> this game, as I said, takes place before Red Dead Redemption 1. And this actually takes place in 1899, if I'm not mistaken, the yeah, year. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And in the game, it's about another part of another member of the Vandalin gang, Arthur. With Arthur Morgan. So Arthur is a very interesting character, and actually I like him a lot more than John Marston. I feel like he's a lot more, like, you feel so much more empathy for him because you know, like, what he might be going through. And obviously people aren't always having tuberculosis, spoiler alert, but people get illnesses and feel like that shock of, you know, reminding themselves I'm alive and like what I'm doing kind of will matter to me at least, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he already had so much tragedy before even the story started. <laughs> you know, he was raised by this gang. He lost some of his family. The girl he loved left him uh, during the game. I forgot that. Yeah, there's so much tragedy that happens to this character. He sees the family that, you know, the only family that he had kind of turn turn into this malicious, you know, this malicious thing. He yeah. sees Dutch go down this spiral. Go haywire. Oh, my gosh. He's, yeah. He's like maniac almost level. He saw Dutch become so obsessed with this plan, you know, this one last plan, this one last hurrah that mm. we need so that we can all split can and live to, happy lives. Go to where, like, what, Fiji Islands or something? Yeah, exactly. So a little summary of the game. Um, you know, after a failed attempt to heist the Blackwater Bay Bank, the Bandolin gang has to, you know, has one last chance to come up with a heist, something that would set them up for, their, for the rest of their lives, all the members. And they go through multiple attempts. And every time an attempt failed, whether it was on a train, at, uh, you know, a small town with, with these two families who were ruling, trying to rob both of them, whether it was trying to go into the city, work with the mafia, you know, it all kind of backfired on, each time it backfired, and you can see the progression of Arthur's character, because he initially was so involved and so for what the Vandalin gang stood for, but you could see slowly, slowly, he was kind of questioning himself, he's questioning the gang, his morality, what am I doing? Why am I doing all of these things? And I think the moment that really got to him is when he got the tuberculosis. Yeah, I feel like, you know, as we see Arthur's character slowly go into some type of depression, given all of the tragedy that's happened to his life, we also see kind of a lot of the gang members, you know, spiral into insanity almost, especially Dutch. Like, his character's, I guess, descent into madness was just so... Like, I guess as a storyteller, you know, it's so amazing to watch these types of character moments. But as, like, a human being, it's actually kind of frightening. Like, it's scary to watch him drown someone and smack his head on the ground. Like, almost like a toy or something. It's, it's yeah. insane. Dutch, Dutch really went down. But, I mean, there were other, other members, also other members in the gang who also were not so for what was mm -hmm. going on. And you could see Arthur kind of being the big brother and trying to help them out, try to make them leave, you know, try to make sure that they're away from this madness and this danger. And I think especially through the fam, you know, through John Marston's family, he was like the big brother to him. Mm -hmm. And he saw his path of redemption, even though he was already sentenced to die, 
through the tuberculosis was to make sure that John was safe. John I mean, was able to get know out. How that goes, but it's actually a very, very beautiful ending if you think about it that way. You know, he really meant so much to John. He made sure that John was safe. He made sure that John felt like he wasn't abandoned. What I'm Be- curious about is why he, why John never spoke about him in the first game. Like, not even a name or anything. It was just. I think John kind of realized that the best way to think about Arthur is to just let him rest. I mean, he like had a... his bag, he had his book, mm-hmm. everything, even his hat. That was all Arthur's, you know, Arthur passed it down to him. I guess, but like, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of, or maybe it was... I mean, even in, in, in uh, John's weakest moments in, in the second game, you know, when he's left for dead outside, uh, you know, fighting wolves, which is how he gets a scar... Or even after he was kind of shot and left for dead on the train heist. Mm, yeah. You know, that that's not okay, right? You can't leave a member of your family just to die. But he came back and he knew that Arthur had his back. Can I just say, though, like, this is kind of a side note, but the fact that the graphics are so good for, ten, like, 2010 is, like, <laughs> insane to me. Yeah. I mean, even Red Dead Redemption 2 was... Well, what a masterpiece wow. in gaming. The graphics, the imagery. Also, like... I, I don't know why, but the fact that there like there were mustaches that went all the way down and like were you know kind of they were kind of weird, but like they really worked. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean that's that's to atone so to the game developers. Detail. It's honestly one of the most developed open worlds in gaming. Yeah, uh, probably the best, better than Skyrim, GTA. Oh my uh, it's the best that's come out to date. I can't even compare. Yeah, honestly, it's like such a high caliber to beat for any game mm. in terms of open world games and options like that yeah uh, but okay getting back to what we were talking about i think we've given a pretty decent summary of the kind of you know um so red dead redemption what's the first thing that came to your mind when you thought you know like after you played the game i was just in awe i was i felt so much for arthur i I really was at a loss when I saw he passed away. Even though he he fulfilled his redemption arc by making sure John was safe, it's just so sad to see such a character go through such a great development, helping people throughout the game, making sure that they were safe as well. You know, there was this one side arc where there was this lady who was a widow, mm-hmm, yeah. and she was not capable of living by herself. So he literally took time out of his you know life to spend time with her, train her, teach her how to shoot, teach her how to hunt yeah. and you know when you go back uh, because after he passes away in the game you then play as John Marston yeah. in the epilogue and you know you can go visit her and she thanks Arthur so much because without him she wouldn't be where she is yeah. you know Arthur really meant a lot to so many characters you know side characters but that was part of his redemption I feel like yeah. it was such a good thing for him to have I guess, I don't mean to be morbid, but, like, die at the end. Because I felt like, you know, that was the right thing for his character. He had killed so much in his in his journey that it, it might have been the right thing for him to have accepted his fate and moved on. Or, I guess, in this, I guess, in the alternate ending, you know, being killed by someone else. They were both very symbolic. Definitely. And I mean, I like both games, in, in both endings... It really depends how you play. If you play more selfishly, then you know you you will die in a worse way than in a more poetic way when the character was meant to actually help those around him and develop that mm. way. 
I, I don't know. I felt like there were some things, uh, some themes in the game that kind of always like stuck out, and like it was, I guess, not as easy to spot. But I felt like the color palette was such a big part of setting the mood for the entire game. Like in the at the nighttime, the campfires, or in the like in, during the day when it was cloudy, and you're like walking through and <laughs> far far away plays. <laughs> that was the like the moments throughout the entire game. That make it so amazing. I feel like are the soundtrack and the and the the color palette, the imagery, and like when when he dies, like when when Arthur dies, you see the sun kind of like come up as he's dying. Yeah, the and, sunrise. And that is just like so poetic and such an so such an amazing way because the sun has so many symbolisms throughout a lot of cultures as a kind of a way to make a new or uh, like a new day. And in the same way, it's kind of symbolic because that's what he's doing. He's going to a new place and making a new day. One hundred percent. I think it's honestly one of the best stories ever told in the video game platform. Wow. Yeah, I, I love I love the game. I was so immersed. There's no fast travel, so everywhere you go by horse, you know, you don't get bored while riding in the game. Fast a lot of games. Is, fast travel is where you can open a map and then just like load where you want to open the game like where you want to if you want to travel to one part of the map oh yeah without yeah, having yeah. to physically go there in the game you can just you know a lot of places have like an option where you can fast travel i don't know why but i is that like kind of like in bioshock where you have to like travel to no bioshock is not an open world game bioshock is, is different this is uh, like that's uh, true that's true <laughs> you know, okay never mind yeah <laughs> but anyway um yeah that's that's all i have to say about red dead it's an amazing game i loved it I the like both games were really intense but Honestly, the second one for me really, you know, brought it home in terms like of the I emotional wanted... arc, and I think tied up the Vanderlyn gang story pretty well. I feel like I really do wanted to explore like the villains of the game, like we did in the last episode. I felt like that was such a like there were so many people who had done bad things, and I felt like at the end of the game, we all like knew. Like, even at the end of the first game, we knew that the guy who was leading the revolution, I forgot his name, uh, but he ended up, you know, becoming so tyrannic in yeah. his rulings. And, like, yeah. you know, you, you found that not everyone always had good actions or yeah. intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I now I'm so curious, like, who was the actual villain? Was it Dutch? Was it the Micah. FBI? Micah? Yeah. There's so many villains, but, you know... Was every every character was had their own yeah was it yourself every character had their own justifications for doing what they did i think the the point of the game was not to the color who was the villain and who was the hero the you know even our protagonist made a lot of questionable choices the ultimate point of the game was each character whether they could go through that redemption of trying to be a better person and those who can't you know they just couldn't and the ones who did you really felt for their characters I felt like a part of the entire game was learning, and, and I don't know, uh, just as a player, that the characters you play aren't interesting because they're perfect, you know? And Absolutely. And that's in basically every game. Yeah. But, like, what I loved about it is, like, learning about the flaws that they have and, the like, why they have them was just so much more impactful. Like They're just interesting characters. Let's just be simple about it. They're so interesting <laughs> And everything about them, their story, the way they behave, they, you feel like they're real people. Yeah, you don't feel like they're some fictional character. Even the even the graphics, they, they look so real. 
I like it's actually the voice scary. acting and the motion capture. All of it was done so well. It really, it's, just it's really immersive. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, anyway, thank you, Anya. It was mm -hmm. a good session. I love this podcast, and I love talking about games. Yes. Red Dead Redemption is definitely worth playing. I would highly recommend anybody who has the time to, you know, somebody who loves Western games, somebody who loves a Western story, you would really enjoy this kind of game. So definitely check it out. Agreed. I think that it is one of the greatest games ever. Like, especially if you like open world. And if you really enjoy, you know, having a amazing, like, amazing visuals, amazing audio, everything about the game is just such a masterpiece. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week in our next episode. And um, have a great day. This is Game Stretch. Stretch the game. Game Stretch.